Hey, I'm Sean and welcome to today's episode. So if you've been following along, we are going on a deep dive on some business planning tools that I use to help my coaching clients set up their business every single year. And so far, we've talked about the power of modeling and, and a, a fun trick I like to use in business called R&D, rip off and duplicate. We've talked about the economics behind the business. So once you know where you wanna be in terms of your goals and your income, well, what do you need to do to actually reach that? We've zoomed out from that and we've said, okay, well, before we start setting goals, what do we want our business to look like two years, three years down the road? How do we know that what we're working towards is gonna to put us on the right trajectory, not just for what I want this year, but for, for where I wanna be in life in the future. And at this point, we know where we wanna go, we know what we need to, to, to see happen in order to get there, and we, we've come up with an appointment goal. So just to backtrack a little bit, appointments are something that's super important when it comes to measuring the trajectory of a real estate business. We know that one key measurable in your real estate business is gonna be the number of qualified appointments you attend with both buyers and sellers to discuss them choosing whether or not they're gonna hire you as their exclusive realtor. These are directly tied to your income, meaning if you can create more appointments for yourself and everything else remains consistent, you'll get more money. And stop, there's no debating this, it's widely recognized as one of the most important key indicators on whether or not you're gonna reach your goals. So we know that this is something that we need to strive towards, but that leaves us with the question, well, where the hell am I gonna get these appointments? So today's episode, I wanna dig deep on creating your lead generation plan. And specifically what I wanna do is I wanna work through a business planning tool that I love. I use this throughout every aspect of my life. It's something that I'm super passionate about. It's, it's my by far my favorite planning tool hands down, bar none, full stop. Um, and we're gonna use it under the premise of creating a strategy to generate enough leads for you to reach or exceed your appointment goal. So by now, hopefully, you are at a point that you can look at your, your business plan and say, I need to have this many appointments with buyers and this many appointments with sellers in the next 12 months in order to reach my goals. And if you're not at that point, I'd invite you to go back, backtrack through some of our podcasts, go, go and read some of our blogs. We're going to line you right up with how to do all of that. <clears throat> Further to that, I'm also going to share a special invite because over the coming weeks, we're actually going to be sharing our business planning booklet with people. So coming into 2024, we've got a free download for you. If you want to actually download our business planning workbook, which leads you through how to, all, how to do all of this, um, and or even better, if you wanna join us for one of our business planning sessions, we actually have some events that you can attend. They're on Zoom, so you can attend from anywhere. And we'll actually walk you through the process of setting up a business plan in our workbook. So if you're enjoying this podcast, if you've been following along and you want a little bit more of a personalized approach and you wanna experience what it's like to actually come and spend time with us and, and build a business plan, reach out to us, okay? And we'll make sure that we include a link in the show notes so that you can find us easily. Okay, so we know that we need to get a certain number of appointments with both buyers and sellers. And we know that in order to do that, we need to have enough leads. I've talked a lot about leads 
And while it's really important that we have enough appointments to reach our goals, leads are the precursor to appointments. Without having leads to work, you're never going to have appointments because you just, they, that's where they come from, right? So um, what I want to just share in terms of a mindset piece is, is a lot of people tend to get caught up in the, the flim flam of the business. And the, it's a lot of people call it the 80%, the stuff that keeps you busy, that you're tempted to chase around and try to work on, but might not actually be a dollar driving focus point or a dollar driving activity. I'm just gonna say this so clearly. Um, it's actually a quote from a book. It's one of my, a, a great book. A lot of us, you know, a lot of people call it the Bible. Um, until you have enough leads to reach or exceed your goals, there is no other priority. Okay, Gary Keller, the MREA, awesome book. And it's so true. There's nothing else that's more important than getting enough leads to reach or exceed your goals, right? So we step back from this and we look at most people who have a successful business. We know that they're focused on appointments. We know that they, they know that they need to focus on getting enough leads that they're going to reach those appointment goals. And what we find is that when we look at it, typically most successful businesses will have between three and four main pillars that they get the majority of their business for. Specifically, most successful teams get more than 80% of their business from just three or four lead pillars. And you step back and you say, well, that doesn't sound like a lot. Like why, why aren't they in a more diverse set? Wouldn't that be better or maybe it would be worse? And, and I think there's a couple of key reasons. So first of all, um, an analogy I like that I got from one of my coaches actually is the idea that you should think of your lead generation strategy like a table where each of the lead pillars, each of the activities, each of the things that you do that brings you leads is like a leg of the table. And if you have a, a table with only one leg, it's not going to be very stable. Think about it. If you have a, a table with only one leg, chances are that table's gonna wanna topple right over because there's no diversity in where it's balanced, okay? So we add another leg and now we've got a two-legged table and that's still going to be pretty unstable. I mean, it might stand for a little while, but it's not going to, three-dimensionally, as soon as something interrupts it from the other axis, I mean, it's, it's going down. So then we say, okay, well, wait a sec, Sean. Wait a sec. What about three legs? And three legs can absolutely create a stable foundation. But here's the thing. If something changes and one of those legs becomes unavailable, stops working, breaks, then all of a sudden you're back to two. So I like to aim for four, okay? And people might say, well, Sean, real estate, you always say that it's uh, a business that is simple. Like what's gonna change that's gonna remove one of the ways of generating leads? Like, especially if I'm working on something that's like tried, tested and true, like what could shut that down? And the perfect example is open houses during COVID. If open houses was one of your three lead pillars during COVID, most areas put a ban on open houses and then all of a sudden you've lost one of your lead pillars. Whereas if you had four, you would have still had three to go back to. Okay, so think about it from a long-term approach in terms of stability. Now, if you're a newer agent and you're just getting started, one thing that I do not advise you to do is to go out and choose four lead pillars and try to figure them all out at once. You're gonna confuse yourself, you're gonna overwhelm yourself. What you probably wanna do is start with two choose a, a, 
few different key things that you can do that complement each other. Get good at those and then add three and four once you already have something in motion. Do not, please do not try to go and start with four fresh lead pillars simultaneously. You're gonna mix everything up. It's gonna become a total mess and it'll make it a lot harder for you to feel like you're mastering something, okay? So we know we want three or four lead pillars, but what the heck do I do? And, and now we get to selection time. We need to start to think about what these things are gonna be, okay? So foundationally, what are some of the main factors that we wanna consider? Well, first of all, all lead generation activities can fall under one of two main categories. And we've got a printout on this that we include in our, our workbook that we're, we're giving away uh, in the end of the year where we actually list all the different categories and, and we also list the areas that are blended between the two. But the two main areas or categories that all lead generation activities are gonna fall under are either gonna be prospecting or marketing. Okay, so what's the difference? Well, prospecting is an activity that you do. It's typically something that you spend your time on and it's gonna be something that's active. So a great example of prospecting would be canvassing or it could be open houses or attending networking sessions. The cool thing with prospecting is that it tends to be low cost or often even non-cost. Uh, no, no cost or low cost, right? Like it's something that doesn't actually cost a lot of money. Like if you go canvassing, like sure, you need to have clothes and shoes and, and maybe a business card or a, a brochure or something like that. But realistically, you could just go and knock on a door and ask someone if they want to move. I've done that many, many times. So it doesn't really cost very much. And the cool thing with prospecting is that it has a very instantaneous feedback loop. So what does that mean? It means if you, in your prospecting adventure, go and knock on someone's door and you say something stupid, well, they're gonna respond and you're gonna know right away that what you did was stupid and you're not gonna do that again. You're gonna be able to fix it and make changes. Okay, so it's really nice because it's an instantaneous kind of uh, opportunity to learn and improve and reflect. It's, it's live, okay? So prospecting is the first one. And, and the, the negative with prospecting is that it tends to be time intensive. So it doesn't cost much, great feedback loop, instant results, all that kind of stuff. And the, the cost of it is that it's you. You're the one pedaling the bicycle, right? So if you stop pedaling, the bicycle's gonna start to slow down. The other side of the world with this whole thing is marketing. So we've got prospecting and then we have marketing. And marketing is almost exactly opposite to prospecting. So it's very low investment of time. You can reach a lot of people in a small amount of time. It tends to be one to many, whereas prospecting most of the time is gonna be one to one, okay? Marketing, is something that has a very poor feedback loop. So if you're putting stuff out there and you're not getting a response, all you know is you didn't get a response. You don't have someone saying, well, why would you do that? Or why can't you tell me more? Or I don't want that. You don't have that opportunity to kind of reflect and respond. All you know is no one called back. And speaking as someone who's been sent out many tens of thousands of flyers which didn't garner a response, it's hard to know sometimes what you're doing wrong, okay? So with marketing, it's a challenge to get into. And the challenge is exacerbated by the fact that it's expensive, typically. Now with social media, there are some ways that people market themselves where it doesn't cost a lot, but traditional marketing is typically gonna be pretty expensive. You're putting posters up, you're putting flyers, you're, you're paying for ads. So does that mean that marketing is worse than prospecting? Well, no, 
marketing can be great because again, you're one to many. It tends to be something that is usually gonna be a little bit slower, but over the long run can build real momentum. Whereas again, back to the bike analogy, if you're pedaling the prospecting bike and you stop pedaling, well, you stop gaining momentum, you'll slow down. So marketing can be a great way to, to pick that up and move forward, okay? I like to look at the prospecting plan and remember that we've got three or four different things we're gonna do overall to generate leads. So I step back from it and I say, well, it's not that prospecting's good and marketing's bad, it's that we have an opportunity to blend them in a way that's gonna bring us the most value. So looking at this, where are you in the business? Are you a newer agent? Because if you're a newer agent, you probably don't have a ton of money and you're probably not a marketing genius anyways, so you're gonna make mistakes trying to guess what the clientele want. It might make sense, it does make sense to start out prospecting. Okay, so the first thing that I always tell people is you should have at least one or two of your four pillars be foundational in your business and they should be things that you can do yourself or teach people on your team to do as you grow that are low cost, no cost prospecting and, and activities that you can do five days a week. Why not? Just, just have something that you can slap a pair of shoes on or pick up the phone and you can do Monday to Friday without any need to create something or spend money, okay? Then I also like to look and I say, okay, well, if I'm doing those two things, what else could I add to my prospecting plan that would help it form what I like to do, what I like to call a balanced diet of leads. Like I wanna look at it and I wanna say, okay, well, if I wanna have a balanced uh, calorie count where I'm getting the right number of leads from every source, what are some ways that I can balance that out? So if I'm door knocking, I might say, well, hey, you know what, I am gonna add some marketing and my marketing is gonna be some farming activities. I'm gonna sponsor the local school. I'm gonna to go to track meets. I'm gonna uh, do videos interviewing local business owners or something like that, right? So I like to look at it and I say, okay, how can I, how can I create that balanced diet of lead generation? And what are some of the ways that I could take the, the first two pillars, those prospecting based things that I'm gonna do and accentuate them with marketing? And a lot of the time, what I look for is opportunities to do uh, cross-pollination. So I used an example of a farm. If you have an area that you farm in real estate, when we say farming, we mean having an area that you consistently market and prospect in and, and you become the person in that area and, and all of your marketing ties back to that. Well, if you also are spending a great deal of time and energy door knocking, you would do it in that same area. If you, and, and I hope everyone makes their database one of their main focus points. If you're, if you're working your database, then you know, a couple times a year, you're probably gonna have a get together, a thank you, a party, do them inside your farm, invite your farm, invite your database, everyone gets to kind of mix together. It's a huge win for, for you, for the database, for the farm, everyone's getting more. And it's just this commingling of your efforts that doubles up on everything that you're doing. So start to think about ways that it could work. If you're creating social media content, create it in the farm, tag local businesses, share it with the people who live in the farm and share it with your sphere, invite them to all this stuff, right? You see how by doing this, you start to get a double whammy for a lot of your efforts. And frankly, in addition to you doing less and getting more, it also makes you look like a rock star because you got more going on. And then finally, step back and look at it and say, which of these lead pillars are gonna bring me what kind of leads? And I would look at time frame, 
like open houses tend to be people who are further down the pipeline. People don't go to open houses at the beginning of their search. Whereas you want beginning of their search people, you're going to say web leads. Usually people start their search online, right? So where in the buyer or seller's uh, process are you going to encounter them with each of those lead pillars, right? Uh, referrals, lower in the funnel. Open houses, lower in the funnel. Canvassing, higher in the funnel typically, okay? So is it long-term, is it short-term? Is it buyer, is it seller? Is it local or is it a wider geographic area? So look at the ideas that you have and try to fit it together so that you're building some long-term momentum. You're doing some things that bring you buyers, some things that bring you sellers. You're working in your immediate area, but you're also opening yourself up to other prospects. And then I'd also look and say, if I am doing some marketing, I wanna make sure that that's something that can gain momentum over time. I don't want my marketing to be something that is just getting me leads. Like if I did internet leads, for example, they're typically, you, you pay for leads, you get the leads, and you gotta convert the leads, and then you gotta pay for more leads. Whereas if you're marketing yourself as a brand, if you're marketing yourself in an area, if you're working your database, tend, these things tend to gain momentum over time because you're furthering your mind share in the people that you're marketing yourself to. So it's gonna help push for referrals, it's gonna pull people closer to you, it's gonna make it easier to convert business. So pause and reflect on all these options. And then we're gonna build you a 12 point plan. Now, this is the business planning tool that I was talking about. This is not something I invented, this is something that is being used in a million different settings as just a simple way to take what feels complicated in your mind and break it down and distill it in just the most important, uh, the, the most important facets. Okay, so what does this look like? Well, it's a 12 point plan and really what the 12 point plan is gonna consist of is us taking our goal, breaking it into three distinct categories of focus and then having action items within each of those categories that we know are gonna lead us to reaching our goal. You might have heard this called a GPS or a 135, it's the same exact thing. Personally, I love the concept of keeping it as concise as possible, which is why I really like to try to limit the action items to four or less. I don't want a laundry list, I want only the most impactful have-to-do list. Okay, so how does this work? Well, the first and most important thing that you're gonna focus and spend the majority of your time on is the goal. The goal itself is the anchoring statement that drives all the other stuff that goes into it. If you're using the example in business planning, by now we know that we talked about modeling ourselves for success, so that should be part of what you consider as well, by the way, with your lead generation pillars. We talked about you know one, two, three year goals, also something to consider with your three year lead pillars. Then we talked about the economics of real estate and we broke down our plan into actual appointments. How many appointments do we need? And now what we gotta do is we gotta figure out what those appointments come from. So the fun thing for your first one of these, if you haven't done this before, is that your goal is basically just gonna be your number of appointments in this instance. But I wanna pause here and I wanna say that this tool is not just used to create your lead generation pillars. This goal is used to, or this, this, this tool, I should say, the 12 point plan, this is used to create a plan for anything. You could use this to create a plan for your investment strategies. You could use it to create a plan for your health. You could use it to plan your kid's education. You could do anything with this 
in this setting, it's appointments. And to get appointments, what do we know we need? Leads. So, your goal this year will probably read something along the lines of to create enough leads to generate, or to create enough leads to reach or exceed my goal of 22 buyer appointments and 30 listing appointments or something to that effect, okay? When we create any goal or anything on this plan, it's really important that we have a couple guidelines we're gonna hold ourselves to, okay? So the first one is that we want it to be SMS, specific, measurable, and simple. People used to do smart, specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. You can do that if you like, but I find that SMS gets the essence of it and it leaves out some of the noise. So personally, I like it better. So we want it to be specific, measurable, and simple. And if we're doing this, what's really important is that we look at that goal and we say, is it have numbers in it? Are we, are we keeping it as concise and short as we can so it's not some blown out thing? Because I've seen people write goals that were two lines long, doesn't make it easier to measure yourself against them. And um, is the goal really clear on whether or not we've reached it? And I wanna share a few ways that I see people fall down, okay? So first of all, is it specific, measurable, and simple? The next one is, can you reach your goal and still fail? And a lot of people be like, well, what do you mean, Sean? Like, could I reach my goal and still fail? And like, I don't get it. And the, the appointment is actually kind of a perfect one. Because if you say, I'm gonna create enough leads to reach or exceed my appointment goal of X, Y, and Z, one thing that I wanna make sure is that you include a word or, or so, like include some, something in the phrase that makes sure that you're not creating an abundance of crap. So an example of that, you, a way that you could reach your goal and still fail would be you might have more than enough leads to reach your appointment goal, but you weren't qualifying those appointments to a level that made sure that you were actually able to sign them into business. So if you go and create all these as extra leads, you create all these extra appointments, and then halfway through the year, you realize that you're creating terrible leads and terrible appointments, then you could have all these appointments and you're not gonna actually reach your financial goals. So for example, one thing that you could do is you could add the word qualified, okay? And there's a lot of ways that you could reach your goal and still fail. I, I know, for example, that some people will create goals surrounding their gross commission income, but then they won't watch their expenses and they'll get to the end of the year and you know, they've got a banner year, they've got all this money that came in the top, but then their bank account, they didn't really see any of that because they weren't paying attention. So just watch the goal and make sure that it's, it's simple, measurable, specific. It's something that you can, can reach and not have failed in another way that would, would paralyze your results. And once you are confident that you've got your goal absolutely set, and by the way, this probably will take the majority of the time that you have for this process. What I want you to do is I want you to sit back and look at that goal. I want you to look at all that brainstorming we did in the first half of this episode. I want you to throw all your ideas out the window because usually what happens, and this is the next place that people make a mistake, usually what happens is people take all their ideas and they start to clamor them in. Say, well, I wanted to do this. I want to be on YouTube. And, they, and usually the, the place that people screw this up is they have all these cool ideas. 
oh, I'm going to try this new harebrained scheme kind of thing. And I want you to take all your goals or all your ideas and throw them out the window. They need to earn their way onto the list. That's the reason that there's only three. You might be able to add a fourth column, but remember we have one goal. We have three categories. You are allowed to add a fourth, but only if, if you absolutely get there. And then we have action items under each category. So look at all the ideas that you had for lead generation and ask yourself if you only had one. You only have one that you get to choose. What one thing, if you executed it at a 100 out of 100, would bring you more than enough to reach or exceed your goals? What's one? Just go through all the things that you wrote down and there'll probably be one that stands out to you. And that is your first pillar, that one thing. Doesn't matter if there was something else that was really cool. Doesn't matter if you spent the past two months prepping for some big project that you were sure um, was gonna be the coolest thing you ever did and you just love the idea and it makes sense and it's like a passion thing. Doesn't matter. The one thing that's gonna get you to your goal is the one that goes down first, okay? And then take a look at your list and say, okay, now in the event that I, I perform that at a 10 out of 10 or 100 out of 100, and I earn the right to add a second pillar. What's the second thing? You're gonna ask yourself that again. And again, you're not asking yourself, what's the thing I wanna do the most? I didn't earn the right to go out for chocolate ice cream. I earned the right to add another pillar to reinforce my success at getting my goal. So you add that second thing in, not because it's cool, not because it's gonna make you feel like a star, because it's the thing that's gonna bring you leads which are gonna generate appointments. That's the only measuring stick we have here, okay? You're gonna work through this process so you have three, maybe four lead pillars, okay? I wanna just be totally clear. Do not force the fourth. We really wanna have at least three. And frankly, if, if you're struggling and you're not really sure, just put database in there because everyone's number one lead pillar is database. So if, if that's not in there already, put that in. So that means you really only have two electives and one of them should be prospecting. The next one probably should be prospecting if you're new and then the last one can be marketing. So marketing, or sorry, pro, uh, database, prospecting, prospecting, marketing. It usually is going to come down to that. And now what we have is we have our skeleton of our plan. So think about this. You've got your goal, specific, measurable, and simple. You've got your categories. Now, I find that sometimes it can be hard to make these categories specific, measurable, and simple. Because I don't wanna to say too much about what it is that I'm trying to do. I wanna say that I'm, I'm gonna put a focus on farming an area or something like that. I don't want the, the middle area to get overwhelmed with detail. So in this area, I like to be a little bit more directional and a little bit less focused on the measurables, the details, the, the simplicity of it all. I'd like to just say the next one is that I'm going to do blank, okay? However, what we're getting to after this is we're getting to the actual action items, okay? So these action items are the things that you do in pursuit of making that pillar a success. So if one of your pillars is database, the example of action items could be that you're gonna have a quarterly call, you're gonna host two events, uh, you're going to have an annual touch campaign on email, SMS, and you're gonna run a social program 
with contests and prizes. And you'll get into a lot more detail in the actual writing of these, but those would be examples of action items that you could, you could list, okay? And under each of these columns, these pillars, you're gonna go ahead and you're just gonna list the most impactful action items. Now, some of these action items might be kind of big on their own. I, I, I gave the example of annual touch campaigns and that's a doozy, right? That, that is probably gonna be 30, 40 things that happen just in that one pillar on its own. So what's important is that you don't try to squeeze all the details into an action item. Guess what you do? You take that action item and you make it into a whole new 12 point plan. So we take that annual touch campaign, we say poof, goal, create an annual touch campaign that blah, blah, blah. And we make a goal again, that's specific, measurable and simple in just that one action item. And that becomes a whole 12 point plan on its own. Cool, huh? So go down, fill in all the action items. Again, don't list the things that are cool or that you've always wanted to do. List the things that are gonna get you results. All the other stuff is the minutia that's unimportant in the business. And yes, it might be cool, but is it really gonna create what you need? Maybe not. Okay. With this, you basically have created your plan. All that's left is figuring out where it fits in your calendar. It's kind of simple, isn't it? Like you, you stare at it and you're probably thinking like, come on, Sean, I was expecting more. And there isn't more. It's really literally just that simple. The beauty of this is in the fact that you can create a business plan on one sheet of paper. You can create a concise plan in 20 minutes. This is something that, again, is incredibly powerful in creating a, a, a master plan for your business, but it's something that you can use in all aspects of your life. Think about it, your health, right? Eat well, exercise, and sleep and rejuvenate yourself, right? Food, exercise, and wellness. You can apply this to your, your family, right? Uh, quality time, date night, vacations. You could apply it to your education, coaching, retreats, courses. You could apply this to anything in your life. And what I've found is that it's a tool that just helps me get the noise out of the way and create clarity. So I, I hope that you walk away from this and you find it as fun as I do. I hope as well that you try applying this tool to areas outside of your lead generation strategy or your business on a whole. I hope that if you did build a lead generation strategy and there are some areas that could, could use further elaboration, you take that area and you blow it out into a whole plan on its own because that's how this tool works. And if you layer enough of these, essentially what happens is they come together and they form an entire business plan. And I hope more than anything else that this brought you some value because I'm grateful for the time that you invest with me. The next step is we're gonna take this strategy plan, we're gonna take the economics of your business, and we're gonna start mapping it into quarterly and monthly and weekly priorities so that you have a worksheet you can hold yourself accountable on. So stay tuned. Up next is that piece. Again, if you want to download our workbook, we're giving it away for free until the end of 2023. So I just noticed that run, which is awesome. So reach out to us. We wanna hook you up. We're hosting some business planning clinics. We're actually gonna take people through this process. There's gonna be some interaction, some networking, some mastermind. We would love to have you join us. They're on Zoom, so you can join us regardless where you are in the world. And above all else, um, I just, again, wanna thank you 
for, for joining me. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening.